0: Are now locked in to HBCU Post. We are the number one outlet for HBCU Life, talking about everything that's important to our culture. From on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Post Radio. You're listening to the HBCU Sports Playbook. HBCU, HBCU Pulse,
1: Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today. We are back. We took a week break to make things happen, but we're here It's November, and we're ready for some football. Aria, how are you doing today?
0: Doing pretty good. Um, For me, it's kind of been a two-week break. I went on a whole homecoming tour and then... You know, you got sick and scared me. So, um, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad that you're okay and we can catch everybody up because we're kind of in that closing season where we're really trying to see who's going to go against who and I'm excited to talk about it today.
1: Yeah, hey, I want I want to say this real quick before we start. Black men go to the doctor. I was one of the black men that was sort of avoiding the doctor because how I look at it is like you don't want to be in a situation where you know you're doing bad and then the doctor says you're doing bad this is what's wrong with you but you have to go to know something's wrong with you to prevent it and I learned that you know what I'm saying and I'm a changed man now you feel me I, I ate spinach for lunch that ain't that crazy anyway anyway <laughs> I ain't had no fries so we, we, we getting but I'm not a football player I'm not an athlete I like to be honest but we want to start the show on a bit of a somber note I um, mean honest. Honoring Eric N. Moore. Uh, Mr. Eric Moore passed away uh, recently. He was the founder of Onadan and a true HBC media pioneer. He really led the internet revolution. You know how we look at stats and you know we read off what's going on online. You know, in 1995, he started Onadan. And Onadan is the website that we use to see the the scores and the schedule. We're going to use it this episode. He was the trailblazer of that. He worked as director of communications at Fayetteville State University in 1984, and he started the Onadan Group in 1986 as a source for sports information for HBCUs. Onadan was the first HBCU sports website that covered holistically HBCU sports, and they still do, do today. And the thing about it is that they put up all the scores. ESPN didn't have all the scores. You see a lot of these other sports purveyors like Fox Sports and CBS, they don't have all the scores. Honor Dan has the scores for every HBCU sports game and helps us out as we try to cover all HBCUs. So he's a pioneer. Uh, There would not be an HBCU Pulse or a Randall Barnes in this space without Honor Dan. It would be an HBCU game day and HBCUsports.com. None of us would be here if it was not for Mr. Eric Moore. And we extend our condolences to his family. Uh, To the Honor Dan community and all of the, the folks, the great people that work at Honor Dan, we extend our love and support to you all in the loss of such a legend. And we will continue in his legacy as we move on. All right. So let's talk about Jackson State college game day they hosted college game day on saturday we're gonna get through it really quickly and then we'll talk about the game and Ariel, will lead in that so espn was on the campus of jackson state university my boy pat mcafee was out there he was suited and booted like he was going to coronation and he was he loved that chant fired up jay stay fired up he loved that chant it was a lot of good energy a, a lot of beautiful black people a lot of great stuff going on the signs were hilarious it was one sign Ariel, that said pat Pat McAfee got a boozy fade. I'm like, they going to let that go on ESPN? That was hilarious. It's <laughs> like, Pat McAfee got a Boosie fade. They kept showing it. And he saw the dude got a boost fade a little bit. You know, it's crazy. So it was great. So I want to go through the numbers. So they averaged 1.89 million viewers through the three hours of the show. It was the number two show on cable for Saturday. It had a .52 rating in the coveted 18 to 49 demographic that advertisers love. So listen, it did really well. And it got 2.3 million views in the final hour. And that final hour featured an interview with Deion Sanders and also Stephen A. Smith, Winston-Salem State University alumni, the OG. He was on there and gave his picks. He was the celebrity guest picker. for college game day, he ain't paid enough. All right? But also, this is the best nine-week start for college game day since 2009. And this episode of Jackson State aided in that. So it it was a good stuff. And, you know, we showed up and showed out. And it was good attention to a point, to a point. And I can't, I do have time to get into that, you know, for HBCUs. I think the pros are great. Pat McAfee was amazing. I'm a big fan of his, especially as a wrestling fan. I think he's a superstar and his energy is infectious. And it was great to see that energy on Jackson State's campus. And Kirk Herbstreit is great at his job. Like just from breaking down the HBCU games to the FBS games, he's really great at just breaking down the game and telling you the story and who are the key players in such a succinct time. I think he's amazing. But the only things that I didn't really like is that you were on Jackson State's campus and you didn't cover none of FCS, nor did you cover the SWAC in totality. I, that's all I wanted. Like, it's cool you covered the 1974 Walter Payton, you know, dream team at Jackson State that went 7-3 and three and 4-2 and two in the SWAC. They have three Hall of Famers and Walter Payton, Robert Brazil, and Jackie Slater. But I would have loved if they covered more of HBCU culture. I get you had the alphas and the deltas strolling, I get it. I understand that has to be a part of it. And ESPN love the Greeks. They love the Greeks. If you watch Celebration Bowl, are they going to tell you who was Greek? But like, I just wish they could have covered the culture of Jackson State, like just the city of, of Jackson, how they support Jackson State, even a little bit of Southern and the human jukebox and 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 you know the, and the Sonic Boom in the South. Like, I, I really wish we could we could have got more of that from ESPN. And I honestly, Ariel, I did not like at all how ESPN College Game Day came on campus. And they were pushing the narrative that Deion Sanders is going to leave Jackson state for a power five institution. They asked him that. And he finally was like, I have no plans to leave. I mean, I'm going to entertain it, but I have no plans to leave. But also they had like a segment where they spun a wheel and they talked about it in front of Jackson state fans. I just think that that was totally uncalled for. If he leaves, he leaves. But I just think that that was totally uncalled for. And I think ESPN has to do better. I could go on and on, but what I will say is that y'all need to go watch Roland Martin's video where he reacted to college game day being at Jackson State University. And I agree with every sentiment that he said, especially as a black media purveyor and a black media entrepreneur, and also working with HBC League Pass Plus with Roland Martin does work with Urban Edge and HBC League Pass Plus as well. Great breakdown. And I totally agree with everything he said. And there's some things I can't get into because of time for this broadcast, but definitely go check that out because I agree. So let's talk about the D1 scores in totality for Saturday. So, Jackson State defeated Southern 35-0 in the Boombox Classic. The game was on ESPN 3, okay? It wasn't on ESPN. That was just game day. It was on ESPN 3. Um, but they won, though. Boombox Classic. So, North Carolina A&T defeated Campbell 45-38. to Great game. REO was there, all right? Villanova defeated Hampton 24-10. Morgan State defeated South Carolina State 41-14 in a shocker. Grambling defeated Alcorn 35-6 in a shocker. Louisiana Christian defeated Langston 39-14. Murray State defeated Tennessee State 19-3. Prairie View A&M defeated Bethune-Cookman 58-48. Texas Southern defeated Lincoln of California, which is not an HBCU, 37-2. North Carolina Central defeated Delaware State 28-21. Howard defeated Norfolk State 49-21. And FAMU defeated University of arkansas Pine Bluff 27-6 on their homecoming. So Ario. so what were some games that you were looking at in the D one picture?
0: Yeah, so I went, like I was saying, on the whole homecoming tour, congratulations to Clark Atlanta for winning their game against Savannah State. I was telling Randall I really thought they were going to lose, but they surprised me, pulled something over my eyes, however the saying goes. Then I went to Spellhouse for Morehouse and Benedict, and um uh, that's that's really all you have to say. Morehouse and Benedict. I'm sorry, Morehouse, at least y'all had a great homecoming. Then I got to come home to my actual homecoming, AT versus Campbell, and I'm so glad that they won 45 to 38, but I hate the behind win. And that's how AT has been playing. And I understand, you know, they're still kind of new. This is their second year, but I'm just glad they're finding their footing somehow. There's still a little bit of things that they could work on, but we have to talk about these other games because now we're getting into the race where we really need to see who's going to the Celebration Bowl, who are these dominating teams. And after the past two weeks being gone, everything has just gone haywire in the MEAC. So let's start with this October 22nd game, South Carolina State versus North Carolina Central. One in a very close game, 26 to 24. I wish this wasn't a game that Central lost because this win would have made their trip to the Celebration Bowl permanent. It would have been stamped in history. but of course they had to make things difficult for me it was a great game going back and forth and what I can really say was a battle between a running offense and a passing offense we all know central is really deep into their running game especially their tailbacks and they have a very depth of line when it comes to their running backs and then you look at South Carolina State they're all passing. So this is kind of like key for other teams that didn't do good this year, or they only have three games left in their season, what they really want to hone into. So Central struck first, 13 seconds into the game, with Collier on a 60-yard run to the end zone. I love this du- duo. It's an automatic threat, and I know South Carolina State knew that. What I also liked about this game is that there were hardly any moments where they weren't answering each other. It was a straight shootout, which I feel like we missed this season from all HBCUs Competing competitively. But South Carolina State, after that 13 second touchdown, ran up two scores. And by the end of the second quarter, South Carolina State was up 20 to 14. And this is the first time, I believe, since. Central has been on this trip that they have come from behind and haven't scored at least over 10 or more points within the first quarter. So, you already know South Carolina State is on a really, really good track. By the third quarter, Central was frozen after one more touchdown, two minutes into the quarter, and a field goal less than five minutes going into the fourth. This is where it became a defensive battle and where Richards wasn't safe anymore. You think of this quarterback, and he's over 200 pounds, over six foot, very barely and just he's dominating and he's used to scoring 20 plus points in you before the half but now he's facing a team that knows how to pressure him and that knows how to get him out of the pocket his pocket is very secure and he usually has three seconds or more to throw the ball at the fourth quarter he had less than two statistically and so the offensive line not holding up allowed a fourth interception late in field goal range, which cost them the game in the fourth quarter. And I mean, there were other things. There were two touchdowns from holding penalties that had to be taken back. And there was also that interception. But what ran on is so funny because now everything you say is coming to fruition. And I, I literally have to give you your props and maybe you can make predictions for what the games are going to look like later. But missed field goals, just like how, the Panthers were defeated by the Falcons, are key to actually winning games. If they never would have missed those two goals... Perfect game they would have won regardless of the touchdown that South Carolina State scored late. And so it ended up Davis Richards went 11 for 24, 1770 yards, one interception, and two touchdowns at the end of the game, which is pretty inconsistent for him to be a MIAC favorite. But the rest of these three teams that they go up against, which includes Norfolk State, I think they could get back up to the top. But after this week, after that weekend, I was I was solely confused about where this race is going. Then after that, two more quick analysis. We have Howard, which is now number one. They're at the top of the MIAC. They defeated Delaware State in 35 to 17. And then they went, defeated Nolford State in a 49 to 21. And when I was looking at this, I was like, this can't be so. This isn't the Howard that I was giving predictions for, that I need to see a really great quarterback and I need to see more depth in their receivers because they were really. They hadn't figured out their running game, but they really didn't have receivers that were able to get down the field and actually mesh with their quarterback. But Howard decided to try something different by balancing their running game and their passing game, even though they were more dominant at running. And hey, it's work, and now they're at the top of the MEAC. They went for three touchdowns by Quentin Williams, who averaged 175 yards, and they held Norford State to 229 throughout the whole game. Howard. I'm sorry. You you I'm sorry that's all I can say. You have my respect and if this is how it's going to go like I said it's anybody's game in the MiAC. But lastly, I want to talk about the upset of Morgan State blowing out South Carolina State 41 to 14. Now, Morgan State isn't the greatest team. They don't have the greatest record either, but if you can call South Carolina State to go scoreless and not one, but two quarters, the third and the fourth, I say you deserve some recognition. They led South Carolina State all the way into halftime by three points. It was 14 to 17. Then after that, they went through the fourth quarter scoring 24 unanswered points against South Carolina State. And South Carolina State has some really good players. They have B.J. Davis, who had eight tackles and one for a loss, and Duane Nicholas. But that didn't work for them. And like you also said, defense doesn't win games. They can stop. They can get you on the field. They can get you going. They get you time back on the clock. But your offense has to be ready. And so looking at these scores and coming up now, and I know we'll discuss later how everybody's looking in these standings, the MEAC is everywhere. These inconsistencies can be proven that it's anybody's game. I wish and I want, and I think we both want, Central to be the team that faces Jackson State, but if they keep making these little inconsistencies and not taking the points where they need to and staying within their rhythm. We really don't know who it's going to be, but these past three games have been my favorite And I wish I would have watched them, but I'm glad the Miak is proven to have some competition somewhere.
1: I love it. I think that was an amazing breakdown. So let's get into uh, D2 and what's going on. So, for the sake of time, and also the fact we did an amazing Twitter Spaces, a D2HBCU football, Coach Thomas and I, we kind of come together, thanks to a D2HBCU football, to do a Twitter Spaces every Sunday. Wasn't well, my idea, but I wish it was. It was an amazing idea. He is great to ski alone, so we making it happen. Uh, so I talked about of a lot of the different games uh, that went on um, in D2 this past weekend. And I went sort of in depth on what happened with Fort Valley and Savannah State because I was at that game. Um, But I might do another video just really giving my thoughts on that and really a, a bigger preview to the Found City Classic. But for the sake of time, I want to really focus on Chawan beating Virginia Union in a huge upset 26-21, but I want to say that Benedict defeated Clark Atlanta 49-20, to Tuskegee defeated Kentucky State 28-7. Those are your two SIAC championship finalists. We're not going to get too much into them because we'll talk about them on next week because the SIAC championship is coming up. Up next week. Benedict, of course, you've been able to see their games on HBCU League Patch Plus. Tuskegee, they have Coach Ruffin down there and they're back being dominant and they put off an amazing win against the University of West Alabama. Well, let's talk about Chowan. So, Chowan is a PWI in an HBCU conference. And oftentimes when you have PWIs or predominantly one institutions in HBCU conferences, they don't really do much Like this is sort of there. You sort of wonder why they're there. It's like, you know, Spring Hill, you know, when it comes to the, to the SIAC, like they did, I mean, they're good in, in like, you know, other, other sports, but football, basketball, Spring Hill and have football team basketball, they're beatable, you know, but with Shawan, Shawan has been actually really good this season. And I was like, they've been cool. All right, when you play Bowie, you're gonna lose. We play Virginia Union, you're gonna lose. We ain't worried about Chawan. Y'all doing good. I'm I'm happy for y'all. You know what I'm saying? Y'all y'all get basically our cousins. You know what I mean? But no, y'all, 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 not, y'all not gonna win. They they beat Bowie last week. This this loss by Virginia Union, and then Chowan beating Bowie has Chowan in the lead in the CIAA North. And if they beat Elizabeth City State University this weekend they're going to the CIAA championship against Fayetteville state. And I am shocked. I am perplexed by this. Now Fayetteville state did beat Chawan earlier in the season, but no one expected this. And for a lot of HBCU alumni, we want to see HBCUs on top. It's nothing personal, but in an HBCU conference, you want to see HBCUs lead that conference and not predominantly white institutions. So a lot of folks are bent out of shape about this. And looks like One. it's, it's going to be a little battle. It's going to be interesting heading into next week. But let's talk about what happened. Because what happened? What robbery occurred? Like, are we all dreaming? Is it a nightmare? What happened? Well, we're we'll going to start with Bowie. Chowan beat Bowie 21-15. to 15. Now, Bowie, they've had an okay season, but they're not going to the championship. Virginia Union beat them. They had a very interesting upset loss against Shaw earlier in the season. And, you know, Coach Damon Wilson is now at Morgan State. So I think a lot of what made them great was Damon Wilson's coaching. But get this, Chawan held Bowie to 92 yards rushing, and they have a 129-yard average for rushing on the season. That's crazy. That's defense. Because you got them off, off their game. Then Rashard McKee, who's the starting quarterback for Chawan. Yo, that man liked that, man. And this, this Bowie game, he was 17-33, charging in 77 yards, and three touchdowns on Bowie's defense. And he threw a 73-yard touchdown pass, got Chawan on the scoreboard. Threw a 63-yard touchdown pass to seal the win and the upset. Then we talked about Ario. Bowie missed a field goal and an extra point, left four points on the board. So you look at that score, 15 plus four is 19. So now you're in a situation where maybe you get a defensive stop, you kick a field goal, and now you win 22 to 21. In sports, with free throws, they matter in basketball. With the, 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 missed, the missed field goal kicks, the missed extra points, you're leaving points on the field. And in close games, that matters. And Bowie didn't get blown out. It was a good game. But he lost. And I wasn't expecting that. When I saw that, who we were off last week. When I saw that, I was like, huh? nah okay it's cool booy Bu- Bowie's been struggling they're gonna be back you know they're gonna, they're gonna be good they still have a good team they're gonna be good next year this just was an off season it happens the Golden State Warriors have struggled the Buccaneers are struggling this year in, in, in football so I, listen it's, it's gonna be good the champions have that happen sometimes they gotta rebuild all right they gotta find a Jordan Poole you feel me so I'm like Virginia Union they're the team for now Right, they got Jada Byers, who should be a Harlan Hill trophy candidate. He should be a Harlan Hill trophy winner. He should be the first HBCU student to win. So I'm like, Man, listen, Jada Byers ran all up on Valdosta, who's struggling this year. Got 300 yards on him, like that. He ain't a quarterback, he a running back. He ran for all those yards. So I'm like, Man, listen, Jada Byers is going to run through Chihuahuan. And then he's going to keep running and keep running until he stopped at the Seattle championship, then in the playoffs. That, that's when he's going to stop running. But he did stop. <laughs> he stopped. They, stopped. they stopped him short of the end zone. He didn't score a touchdown. Hate to say it. Hate to see it. They held him to 109 rushing yards, no touchdowns. And get this. This is his lowest rush total in games where he's rushed over 20 attempts. So when he's rushed, like he's rushed 20 times, over 20 times, he scored a touchdown. He didn't score a touchdown this time, and this is the first time he didn't have a touchdown. And this is the lowest rush total on those many attempts. Now his lowest rush total was against Virginia University of Lynchburg, which was ninety eight. But they're playing Virginia University of Lynchburg. Come on, like it's not like it's not. Like he was in the game in the fourth quarter. Oh, it's a close game. Let me run this in. No, he was sitting there. He was enjoying the game. Probably had some popcorn. Probably, probably had a water. He got to be healthy, you know what I'm saying? Probably had some green apples. So, so he's just over there just enjoying the game, you know? He probably was on his phone talking, you know? What I mean, come on, like it's Virginia it's, it's, it's Lynchburg. We love y'all. But Come on, man. Let's be real. But this game was actually competitive, and they held him to that. I think HBCU game day and Steven Gaither said this. They made Jada Byers look human because some of these statistics he put up this year, it's like, dude, like, are you in the NFL already? Like, like, what's going on? But Shawan was able, with that rush defense that held Bowie to 92 rushing yards, they were able to contain the hottest offensive player, really, in HBCU football, this side of Shador Sanders. And I'm like, what? I honestly couldn't believe it, you? Because my whole entire thing is that this was, this was Virginia Union's year. And they're going to the playoffs. I think that they beat Virginia State, but you never know because you don't know how much this loss could hurt them because it sort of ruined the perfect season for them. But I think they're going to beat Virginia State and they're going to go to the playoffs. And they still do have a chance to make it to the CIAA championship. But the only thing is this. They got to count on Elizabeth City to beat Chawan. And y'all, that ain't going to (laughs) happen. That ain't gonna happen. I'm, I'm gonna tell you the reason why, and, and maybe it could. And I would be wrong. I will take it if you on YouTube and the, let me know. All right, I will. I will take it because I don't mind being wrong. But y'all, they're two and seven. Elizabeth City's two and seven. Now, granted, they did battle with Bowie. Bowie won thirty six to twenty nine on last week. They gave Bowie a fight, but Chihuahuas their opponents to nineteen points per game. Elizabeth City averages fourteen points per game. Elizabeth City holds their opponents to thirty-four points per game, and hold is sort of in quotations. Hold, <laughs> like, hold their opponents to thirty-four points per game. Chawon averages twenty-one. They only got to score 30, thirty-four points. They just got to score twenty-one, and Elizabeth City is not good at that. And then 1 is a better rushing team, a better passing team, a better defensive team. But a better defensive team. They have they have McCray out there. They have Rashad McKee out there. And he's just dope. I think he's in his pocket right now. And I think he wants to shock the world. So I just don't believe that Elizabeth City is going to be able to pull this off. Just looking at the numbers. Now, the numbers, the stats, and the eye test is two totally different things. Maybe Elizabeth City goes out there and they say, you know what? We're going to shock the world or we're going to have an upset. And I don't count them out totally. But looking at it from a rational perspective, you cannot rationally believe that Chawana is going to lose to Elizabeth City. So, They got it. Now, Fayetteville State is on them. Fayetteville State is is a great team. Hopefully, Fayetteville State continues to to do their thing. I think they have a very comfortable lead in the CIAA South. But Shawan is here. And that's going to make the CIAA Championship Very interesting. So D2 is looking interesting going into championship week. You got Tuskegee and Benedict. You have the newcomer versus the the, the old guys that's been here before. Tuskegee is one of the best HBCU football programs in history. Then you have a White School going up against most likely Fayetteville State, which is Fayetteville State that continuously lost to Bowie. Fayetteville State that was always the runner-up state that is great at basketball they they have everything it takes to get players in the league like Joshua Williams and they have a great football team but Damon Wilson and Bowie these past few years has always eluded them maybe it's their time but we'll see but it's going to be interesting seeing the CIAA Twitter takes because Chawan is, is going to the championship Unless Elizabeth city does some, we'll, we'll pray for him. Okay. We'll, we'll send out a prayer for him. <laughs> you know? we'll, we'll, we'll do something in Bible study for him. Cause they, they're going to, they're going to need God. Okay. So let's, let's talk about our, our games of the week. So I'm going to stick on, 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 on D two really just for the sake of time. And I'll start off, uh, Fort Valley and Albany is my game of the week. Uh, Fort Valley had a very tough loss to Savannah state. Um, I want to point out um, just one thing with that game. So Fort Valley was poised to win that game. They were going into the fourth quarter winning 17 to seven and Savannah state scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, two touchdowns and a fumble recovery, but they only won 28, 24. So it wasn't just a straight blowout win, right? They had to come back and win Fort Valley. I think was the better team, but the big thing is decision-making. And like you said, when it came to South Carolina, South Carolina State, North Carolina Central, and like I was talking about with Bowie, they missed an, an, an extra point try, and then they missed the field goal. Fort Valley made a terrible decision going for a fourth down conversion, trying to go for a touchdown because they, they, were, they, they were in the red zone on their first drive instead of going for the points. If you go for the points, the game is 28-27. You don't put the game in the referees' hands because Aria. I know I talked to you yesterday. It wasn't a touchdown. That like, like like the Kelvin Durham like you know throw that we thought was a touchdown. It wasn't a touchdown. He had possession of the ball. And I'm gonna be real with my team. I, I, I'm, I'm a real sports fan. You're a real sports fan. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we're gonna be real with our with our teams. Like you lost, and the reason why you lost is not because of the referees in that instance. Although you put it in their hands. You lost because you made a terrible decision and you let Savannah State back in. And Savannah State, they wanted to show they had fight. And it wasn't personal because they went out to Albany State too, but Albany State knows how to close out games. So in this game with Fort Valley and Albany State, Albany State beat Fort Valley 57-0 to 0 last year. And, and we know what it was for. We we know that Albany State had, had a bigger motivation than football, and we salute them, right, especially in this time, you know. But Fort Valley is a blue blood in the SIAC, just like Albany State. That's our rival. There's not too much football analysis that I really can do right now because it's all about pride at this point. We know Kelvin Durham's that guy. Emmanuel Wilson is probably the the best running back in the SIAC. Handle business. I think Albany State is, is, is the most vulnerable that they've been in the past seven years. And we got them in 2016 with a comeback victory. Fort Valley has has to do their job. Mess up their their playoff chances like Savannah State messed up ours. Because Savannah State, show fight. Show fight. Don't go down there and and get blown out. This is the most talented team that Fort Valley has had in the seven years I've been a part of the Fort Valley community. I started in 2015, graduated in 2019, been an alumni for almost three years. This is the most talented team that we've had. We've had talented players, but from offense to defense, like this is honestly one, especially on the offensive side, this is one of the most talented teams that I've seen. So many weapons. Capitalize on it because we don't know what next year will be. And Coach Sean Gibbs, the North Carolina A&T Aggie, last thing I'll say is, is, is make good calls, kick the field goal, because Albany State will, kick the field goal. That's all I got to say. Ariel, tell us about your game of the week. Kick the field goal, because Albany State will. Kick the field goal. That's all I got to say. Ariel, tell us about your game of the week.
0: It was so much shade, but so much realness. Again, but it's true. Um, I guess we're both going home. In our games of the week, I will be watching AT versus North Fork State. Um, is it wasn't a really nice schedule, which will tell you guys I, all the games that are coming up for this week. It wasn't really a great pick. Um, I think that Randall has the pick uh to see, and I just willingly gave it to him without even looking. But we're on this. Um, I, I think AT has it. AT's next three games actually are. This game should be uh pretty easy, but you know, A&T knows how to mess up a lead. And I'm I'm hoping that when when they've gone back to Miac play and some some swag teams, they've won. And I think beating Campbell was a real confidence booster. But we'll we'll see if their inconsistencies can hold against Norfolk State. But that that's that's my game of the week. Like I said, you have the one that if I would have looked at, I probably would have snatched from you.
1: Yeah, F- FAMU Fam seven is what I'm looking at for D one. Um, really, because of the rivalry, and I want to see Southern bounce back. Uh, they laid a goose egg at Jackson State, you know. Yeah. So like FAMU U isn't vulnerable anymore. They started off, you know, with, with ineligible players and a lot of issues, but they they hired their new AD that starts in January. They started getting some some good wins. They beat Alabama A and M, you know. So I think that they're trying to get back to the playoffs which it looks like they might because Jack State is definitely going to make the Celebration Bowl and they might go undefeated in conference play. So Jackson State is probably going to go to the Celebration Bowl and FAMU is going to be, you know, the SWAT representative once again in the, in the playoffs. And they want to do better, especially with Isaiah Land. You want to see him get drafted. So you want to see him have those moments where people see his play, the scouts come out to see him. So, you know, I just want to see a good game. Like Southern and FAMU is a huge rivalry. That, that dates back like decades, especially in, in the 90s, they they went back and forth. So I just want to see a good game. And shout out to Xavier Smith. Xavier Smith, he's the star wide receiver uh, for FAMU. How about this, REO? uh Real quick, I was a reporter, quote, unquote, for ESPNU Campus Connections in 2018. So uh, Fort Valley played FAMU. We got blown out. They, 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 they set a record on us from like in field goals. It was crazy. Um, and I, and I was, I was trying to get, you know, an interview. I was trying to interview coach Simmons or I was trying to interview somebody to sort of put a point on, on my package. Right. Cause fam, you won. Cause I had to switch up the whole entire thing. Cause I was like, fam, you stole the show. So I'm like, I need to find somebody to interview. So it was this guy, he had no, 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 shoulder pads on nothing. And I said, Hey man, how you doing? Hey, 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 listen, congrats on the win. Can I get an interview with you? He was like, yeah. So I, I asked him, how does it feel to win your first game? He said basically, it ain't no fans like Rattle Nation fans. It feels amazing. And I put it in, I put it in the package. Howard, that was Xavier Smith. And I and I realized and I'm like, this dude looks familiar. And I looked back at the package, and I'm like, that's Xavier Smith. And I just said it ain't like like, like like I said, freshman right receiver, Xavier Smith. So I met Xavier Smith. You know what I mean, so you know, and, and and that's that's in the vault. I might run down an HBC League pass. It, it's it's in the vault, man. This is this is last game, you know, in in in, Bragg, in Braggs Memorial Stadium. Hopefully, he gets some draft consideration. Maybe the XFL, USFL. He's t- so talented. I want to see him go and play professionally. But it's just crazy how things work. I've been doing this for a minute. I'm getting old, man. I'm I'm, I'm coming to OG out here in this HBC media thing. But nothing, nothing like the the real OGs like Eric Moore, Stephen Gaither. I ain't nothing like that. But I met Xavier Smith. So I feel special but Let's talk about the games that are Coming up on this weekend We're going to go on and close things Out so on Thursday Mississippi Valley State University is playing Alabama A&M on Friday a Big swack matchup Prairie A&M plays Alcorn On Saturday Bowie plays Lincoln University Of Pennsylvania you have Tuskegee playing Miles You have Morgan State playing Stony Brook You have Allen playing Benedict A big rivalry game that's coming back you have Central State playing Kentucky State. You have Chowan playing Elizabeth City State, like I spoke about. You have Hampton playing William & Mary. You have Shaw playing St. Augustine's. You have Edward Waters playing Atlantis. You have a Livingstone playing Johnson C. Smith. You have South Carolina State playing Delaware State, which should be a really good matchup. You have North Carolina A&T playing Norfolk State. That's Ariel's Game of the Week. We have Virginia State playing Virginia Union. That is a big rivalry matchup. You have North Carolina Central playing Howard, which is going to be interesting as well. Gramblings playing University of at Pine Bluff. You have Albany State playing Fort Valley in the Fountain City Classic. You have Morehouse and Clark Atlanta playing each other, which is a big rivalry matchup. You have Fayetteville State playing Winston-Salem. You have Bethune-Cookman playing Alabama State. You have Tennessee State playing Southeast Missouri State. Savannah State is closing out their season against Lane College, which has been a really great offensive team this year. You have Texas Southern playing Jackson State. You have FAMU playing Southern. We just spoke about that. So a lot of great football going on in D2 and also in D1. So it's going to be a lot of great stuff to look at. So, Aria, where can we find you on social media?
0: You can find me on Twitter at askreery underscore underscore or check out my website at com.
1: Most definitely. You already know where to find us. You can find us on HBC League Pass Plus channel 201. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed, HBC Pulse Radio, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Radio. Follow at HBC Pulse on YouTube and Instagram, the HBC Pulse on TikTok and Twitter. And one last thing, three things. Make sure to vote because voting is coming up, but also rest in peace to take off, amigos. That hurt my soul for real, like real talk. And rest We're in hurting. peace, yes, it hurt my soul a lot, man. I'm telling you. And we we, we got we gotta stop this violence, man. And also just once again, rest in peace to Eric Moore, the founder of Onadan. We just read off the schedule from Honor Dan. So, sir, we appreciate you and thank you for all you've done for HBCU Sports. But thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, we'll see you on the other side.
0: Like what you hear?